Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Get into the Word of God. Well, today is our, our first our first year, first service of the year, and I just want to tell you Happy New Year. Did you guys miss us? All right, so that means I don't want you to miss another Sunday for the rest of the year because then I'm not going to believe you, right? You know, and, and, and I, love, I, I love New Year. I, I believe that, that New Year, we always come into like, like New Year with a, a new sense of, of excitement, right, of, of anticipation. Why? Because we know that a New Year will always bring new opportunities, right? And, and it's exciting. We, we end 2022. Some of us are like, man, I'm so glad 2022 is over. I can't wait for 2023 right because a new year will bring new opportunities but also it will also bring new opposition right it'll bring new challenges it'll bring uh, uh, new issues new new struggles right and and so when we look at the year the new year a, a new year is filled with with unknowns right it feel, it's filled with unknowns we don't know how you know march is going to go we don't know what's going to happen in june or july we don't know you know what weather challenge we're going to have, what financial challenges we're going to have, what issues we're going to have in the family, the job, right? And, and I think if there was ever a year that really exemplifies the unknowns and the uncertainties of, of what we face in a new year, it's probably 2020, right? And, and uh, on my Facebook feed this year, it came up and it was showing the prophetic word that I gave for 2020. And, and I started thinking back of all the prophetic words that were being given in January that this is the year of double, double and double portion and this and that. And man, March hits and everything shuts down, right? And like, man, what happened to the, we got a double portion of COVID is what we got, right? And, uh, and so I think if there was a year that really exemplifies the, the uncertainties and the unknowns, it was, it was probably 2020, right? But, but in the midst of the unknown and in the midst of all the uncertainty that, that, that we, we, we don't know about 2023, we can be certain of one thing, that he who is for us, and if he is for us, nothing can be against us. We can be assured that if he is for us, that nothing can be against us. We can be sure that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the same God that brought us through 2020, the same God that brought us through 2021, and the same God that brought us through 2022 is the same God that is going to bring us through 2023. Amen? He is the same God. And that's one thing that we can be sure of. He is the same provider. He is the same deliverer. He is the same healer and he is the same victor. He is the same God. The Bible tells us that he does not change. Hebrews 13 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he is the same God. So we don't have to go into 2023 wondering or worried about what will happen. We don't have to go in wondering what's going to happen because we know that he is the same God that brought us through all of those things. He brought us through 2020, 2021, and 2022, and here we are in 2023. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise and say, thank you, God, because we made it. Not everyone made it with us, right? There was a lot that was lost, but God spoke to me prophetically and he told me that this is the year of restitution. 2023 is the year of restitution. Can you believe that with me today? 
Can you believe that this is the year that everything that the enemy stole, everything that he damaged, he's going to have to pay a sevenfold in restitution in 2023. And we can say that not because our blessing or our promise is based on the stock market, the real estate market, or the job market. We can say that because our blessings and our promise are, are, are contingent and upon, uh, uh, dependent upon he who does not change, he who is still on the throne. And so we stand here today and I believe that we will have victory in 2023. Amen? So today we are starting a new series called Devoted, And this is something that God began to stir up within me at the end of, of, of 2022. We began to just, just challenge me that I, I feel like God is calling us as a church, not just Axis Church, but as the body of Christ to a greater level of devotion, right? And, and so when, when one day in, in my, my prayer time in, in the morning, God began to stir this up in me. And I said, well, what does it really mean to be devoted, right? God is calling us to be devoted to, into a greater level of devotion. And so I did what all spiritual people did. I Googled devoted, right? Because that's just what you do nowadays, right? And, and so I came across this, de this definition from vocabulary.com and it says, Devoted is defined as being zealous in devotion or affection and dedicated exclusively to a purpose or a use. And, and I really felt when, when I came across that, I said, man, if, if there was something that really typifies or exemplifies what we as believers should be, it should be devoted. We, our, our lives should, should be dedicated exclusively to God's purpose and for God's use, right? We should, we should be zealous about the things of God. And, and, and I think that, that unfortunately the church today has gotten it all wrong. The, the, the modern church has, has gotten it all wrong. We see God or faith as something that we do when we have no other commitments. We see that God or church is something that we should do when, when we have nothing else going on. But if we are going to be devoted disciples of Jesus Christ, then we have to be zealous about the things of God. That means that we don't give God the doggy bag of our time. We don't give God the doggy bag of our treasure. And we don't give the God, God the doggy bag of our talent. We don't give him the leftovers. When you are fully devoted, you give God the best of the best and the first of the first. So, so being devoted to something means being focused on that particular thing almost exclusively. And, and, and I think that's, that's where we, we, we've got to uh, uh, really give attention to and, and, and ask ourselves, have we been devoted followers of Jesus Christ? Have, have, has God been, been the focus of our, our priority, right? When, when you are devoted to a cause, you work to achieve the goals, right? Are you working to achieve the goals of the kingdom of God here on the earth? Are you actively involved in establishing and working with Jesus to establish his kingdom here. When you are devoted to someone or something, you place their needs above your own, right? And, and so we as the church, as, as disciples, we are called not to be fans of Jesus, but we are called to be followers of Jesus. And unfortunately today, the church is filled with fans and not followers, 
The church is filled with fans. You know, people that, that put the jersey on on Sunday. I walked in and, and, and I, saw, I saw, you know, a heavenly light because one of my brothers was wearing a Dallas Cowboy jersey. And why is he wearing that? Because it's Sunday and the Cowboys play today. And so when the Cowboys play, you put on your Cowboys jersey, right? Because you're a fan. But you're probably not going to wear that jersey Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, right? Because you're a fan. And, and unfortunately today, the church is filled with fans and not followers. A fan is someone that puts on their Christian jersey on Sunday, but they forget about it all throughout the week. They, f- they forget to put on their jersey on Monday when they go to work, on Tuesday when they're dealing with their, their children and, and, their, uh, and their, their spouse at home, right? We, we are not called to be fans, but we are called to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And like I said, unfortunately, the modern church today has gotten it all wrong. God is not here for our pleasure. He's not just some spiritual ATM that you put in your, your, your heavenly pin number and you can just go and withdraw blessings and miracles and, and, and breakthroughs. And unfortunately, that's how much the modern church has, that, that's how much of the modern church has painted Christianity. But God is not here for our pleasure. I've got news for you. We were created for his pleasure. We were created for his honor and his glory and the church today wants to make you think that Jesus and God is something that you can just come to when you need something but that's not the essence of being a a Christian of being a believer it's not the essence of being a follower the essence of being a follower is being someone that is fully devoted somebody that is completely sold out something that you wake up in the morning and say how can I honor God today how can I live for him in a greater way how can I represent who he is and what he's done in my life. I'm not here just so that God can give me things. I'm here to reflect his love and I'm here to reflect his light. In fact, the apostle John in Revelations 4.11, he writes this. He says, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have there being. See, you and I, we were created for his glory, to bring glory to his name. He's not here for our glory. He's not here to give glory to our name, but you and I, we are here to give him glory. And when it says, by your will, they were created, that word will in the Greek is telema, which means to take delight in or, or to have pleasure. In fact, the King James Version translates it this way. It says, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou has created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created you and I were created for for the pleasure of God you and I were created to give God pleasure to honor God I want God in 2023 to look down and say man Brian you killed it today you honored me you live for me and that's what I think God is calling the church today to do to become fully devoted followers and not just fans of Jesus Christ to honor God to live for him in a way that we've never lived for him before I love the way the psalmist writes it in Psalm 37 4 it says take delight in the Lord and he will give you 
your heart's desires. Now, a lot of times this is misinterpreted because it, it seems like, like if we just rejoice in the Lord, God's going to give us what we want. But that's not the context of what the psalmist is saying. He, he, in, in this context, he's saying that that word delight means the power of affording pleasure. That when you take, when you dedicate your life to give pleasure to God, when God looks down and he sees how, how you honor him and how you live for him, God takes delight. It's like when you see your son or daughter, you, they, they do something, and you're like, oh, that's mijo, right? Ah, oh, mija. Right? She's just like daddy. Just like daddy, right? You're just so proud. of when they do something wrong, it's like, oh, that's her. That's her. She, she's her daddy's daughter, right? Right? Or she's her, her mama's son. But when they do something, it's all about us, right? They do something right. And, and that's what the psalmist David is writing in, in this passage of Scripture. And he's saying that when we afford God pleasure, when we give God pleasure and God looks down on us, what, what he's communicating is that we delight on him, then he will grant us our heart's desires, the things that, that we should de desire. What that means is that the things that we should no longer desire, he pulls out of us and the things that we should desire, the things that honor him, the things things that glorify him. He transfers the things that we want and he transfers the things that he wants into our heart and into our life. And that's what it's all about. So to delight means in this context is the power of affording pleasure. So how do we give God pleasure? Well, I'm glad you asked. By fulfilling his will and purpose for our lives, right? Think about those moments, those of you that are parents and, and you know, this is a new season for me and, and there's moments where, you know, I, I see my, my boys, even, you know, Micah and Malachi, even now, Micah's starting to develop his, his personality. Some of you got to see that yesterday when he said, no, right? You're like, wait a minute. Like, where did that come from? From his mama. Um, <laughs> Right, and and you're starting to see that you know there are moments when you look at what they do and, and 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 they don't please you. It doesn't make you happy. But then there are other moments where you stand back and and you're just blown away by by the love and the affection that that they express and that they show. Right, and and that's how it is with God. When when we live for God's pleasure, we fulfill His will and His purpose for our lives. That's where that's where God, I, I believe, just sits back and. and and, and he rejoices. Now, I believe there are three things that I believe that every believer is called to do. And, and these three things just happen to be the expression of Access Church, of, of our how. Remember I said our mandate is the why. Our mission is the what. And our expression is the who and the how. What is our mandate? Our mandate is to, is to build a prophetic church with a prophetic people within a prophetic culture. Our mission is loving people into an authentic, relevant, and maturing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ in our expression is how are we going to fulfill the mandate and the and the mission this is our who and our how see it is our mandate that directs us it is our mission that guides us our vision that drives us but it is our expression that grounds us this is this is what what keeps us humble which keeps us which keeps us holy and the expression of access church is this we are called to love like jesus we are called to live like jesus and we are called 
to lead like Jesus. Jesus is our model. He's our sign, right? This is, this is how we, we honor God. This is how we, we give pleasure when we love like he loves, when we model his love, when we model his life, and we model his ministry. And, and so the, the first thing that I think that we need to do better at, as a church is that we need to love better. We need to love better. And when I say that we need to love better, you know, I'm talking about loving everybody. We are called to love the unlovable, right? Even Jesus himself, what, what, it, what, profit, what does it profit you to love the lovable, right? Jesus is talking about there's, there's no profit in that. But when you can love those that hurt you, when you can love those that have hated you, when you can love those that offended you, then we're starting to model Jesus' love. And I think that's one of the areas where the church has gotten it wrong is that we've loved the people in the church, but we haven't been very loving with people outside of the church. We tend to condemn. We, contend, we, we tend to judge. And that's one of the things that acts as churches. We recognize that all of us are, a, are we're at a different point in our journey with Christ. You know, I, I can't expect, if, if I left to San Antonio yesterday and you left to San Antonio today, I can't expect that we're going to be at the same point of the journey. I'm going to get there way before you, right? And, and, and I should be better off. And, and I should be there sooner if you leave afterwards. And so that's one of the things that we say here at Access Church is that everybody as, is at a different point in their journey. That doesn't mean that we have an excuse not to get better. That means that we have to love people as they get better. And even in those moments where they fail and they falter. And so I believe at Access Church, we are called to love like Jesus, to model his love. We are called to love God, but we are also called to love people. And we must love him first and foremost. Look at what Matthew 22 says, 37 through 39. says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And, and this is his answer to a, a, a disciple that, that wanted to meet the letter of the law. He, he wanted to find that loophole. He wanted to find, you know, just that, that limit. What do I need to do just to be, be in, in good standing? What's, what's the minimum? And so he says, what is the greatest commandment? And this is what Jesus responds. He says, you must love the Lord your God. See, the reality is, is that we cannot love other people if we don't love God. Our love from God and our love towards God gives us the ability. And he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he drops a bomb on this guy. He says, and the second is equally important. Because I can imagine that this guy was probably thinking, man, well, I do that. I love God. I'm a good, I'm a, I'm a really good Pharisee. I'm very self-righteous. I'm very pious. I, I meet the letter of the law. I love God. But then Jesus says, and the second one is equally as important, is that you've got to love others and love your neighbor as yourself. How, how do I know that this was a legalistic perspective? Because then he says, well, who's my neighbor? He's still trying to find that loophole, right? Because he probably got in a fight with one neighbor, and he was like, man... That neighbor was leaving his trash from his carne asada the night before in his yard, right? And he's like, well, I can't love that guy. 
So he's trying to find the loophole, right? Because his follow-up question, well, who's my neighbor, right? Who's my neighbor? And so Jesus is saying that for us as fully devoted disciples, first and foremost, we've got to love God and our love has to, towards God has to be expressed in our devotion to him. But it's not enough to love God if we don't love people. And I think that's where a lot of people have gotten a bad taste of Christianity and a bad taste of the church because we've been really good at loving God but not really good at loving people and in 2023 we've got to love people we must love who he loves we must love what he loves and we must love how he loves the second thing is we've got to live like jesus we got to model his life see we are called as as followers of jesus not fans to be Christ-like, to, to live like Christ, to, to be to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, we've got to reflect who he is, right? We've, we, 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 that people have to see that there is a difference in us. And I'm not talking about in the way that we dress. I'm not talking about in an external way, but in the way that we deal with people and the way that we, we see people. Because when you walk with Jesus, you, you, you have to be different. You can't stay the same. And I think that's where people get confused because they, they see you posting, you were praising God at church on Sunday, and then on Monday you show up cursing. And some of you are like, man, pastor is prophetic. <laughs> and they're looking at you. They're looking at your Facebook post from Sunday. And they're looking at your language on Monday. And they're like, uh, these things don't line up. There, there, there's a disconnect here, right? There's, there's something that, that, that's not, not meshing. And that doesn't mean that, that we as, as, as people, we're not perfect, right? I, I know that we are going to fail and falter. I know that we're going to make a mistake. I know. But I'm talking about those, consi those consistent attitudes, those consistent behaviors that don't line up with Jesus' life, right? We are called to model his life. We are called to live like him. Because when we live like him, that's when we become followers and not just... Just fans. I'm reminded of, of, of Peter, you know, when, when Jesus was arrested, right? When Jesus was arrested and he was taken to the trial, we, we all know the story that Peter denied him and he tried to deny Jesus and this young lady comes up to him and says, I know, you're, I know you're one of his followers. I know you're one of his. Why? Because you talk just like him. And, and, and think about it. Peter's like, no, that's not me. Like, you can't deny it. You talk just like him. You, just, you walk just like him. What amazing... Uh, what, what an amazing example and a compliment for someone to come up and say to you, man, I know you're a believer. I know you're a Christian. Why? Because you walk and you talk like Jesus. That should be our goal, that people will see Jesus in us. Look at what John writes in 1 John 3, 18 and 19. He says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident where we stand before God. I want to challenge you this year. And, and here's the thing with love. Is that sometimes it's, easy, it's easier to love the people that are far from us than love the people that are closest to us. Right? Sometimes we show more consideration for a waiter at a restaurant or a server at a restaurant than we do to our spouse. Uh-oh. 
And we show much more consideration in how we deal with others and strangers than we deal with our own family. And, and, you know, some of you have family that don't go to church. And I think about that for a moment, how, how you have the perfect opportunity by living and modeling his love and modeling his life to show them what it's like to be a truly devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We were not called to be fans. We were called to be followers. The third thing is not only to love like Christ, live like Christ, but to lead like Christ, to model his ministry. See, we as, as the church, we are called to lead, but our leadership is different than the way the world leads. In fact, this is what Jesus was telling his disciples in Matthew chapter 20, 25 through 28. He says, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Jesus was being critical not only of the civic leaders, the political leaders, but also of the religious leaders. And he's gathering his disciples. He's saying, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be my follower, if you're going to be fully devoted to me, then you're not going to lead this way, he says, but among you, it will be different. There's, there's no alternative. He's not saying, well, you might lead a little bit differently. You might treat people differently. No, he's saying, wait a minute. If you're going to be my, my disciple, if you're going to be my follower, if they're going to associate you with me, then among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's telling his disciples, you're going to lead differently. And see, the model of leadership in the kingdom of God is what we call servant leadership. See, the way that we lead, and I'm not talking just about the way you lead in church, but also the way you lead in your job. If you're a supervisor, if you're a manager, you should represent Jesus Christ in that position. You should treat people with dignity. You should treat people with respect, and you should treat people with honor. The same way that Jesus said, amongst you, it will not be different. He's not relegating this, he's not relegating this just to a ministry position or a ministry leadership role. He's saying in every area that you lead, you lead your home, you as a husband, as a father, you as a, as a wife, as a mother, it has to be different. You as a supervisor, as a lead, as a manager, as a boss, amongst you it will be different. Your leadership has to be different. If you're truly going to reflect me as a follower, not as a fan, as a fully devoted disciple, then your leadership has to look different and feel differently. So one of the things that Access Church, one of our core values is servant leadership. You cannot be in a position of leadership unless you're willing to serve. And I loved it yesterday. Yesterday we finished we, we, we finished our, our leadership gathering here and we needed to get the, the, the church cleaned up and we needed a sweep, mop, and clean the restrooms. And we saw our elders in there cleaning the toilets and, and, and sweeping and mopping and, and, and the leaders, the youth leaders and, and, and women's leaders, all of us coming together to do something. It was a beautiful sight because it truly let me see as, as, as a proud papa, as a proud pastor saying, you know what? We're living out our culture of servant leaders. We're here not just to, to boss people around, not just to demand, but we are here to serve. And that's why we say we lead as we serve 
and we serve as we lead. It was a beautiful sight to see. You know, we don't have someone that, that consistently cleans the church. So if you want to be a part of this blessing to clean and be on a rotation, say, I want you to go to Basilio and Sabrina and say, Bas, I, I want that blessing. I want, I want the blessing of, of cleaning the house of God. If the leaders are willing to do it, then why can I not be willing to do it? So I'm just throwing that out there as a commercial. <laughs> and a little man, emotional manipulation. Because that's what a follower does. A fan shows up to the stadium and they step over the beer cups and the popcorn and the trash because they have no responsibility. And that's what fans at church do. They say, oh, someone needs to tell the pastor the light's out. Someone needs to tell the pastor the toilet's clogged. But a follower says, pastor, where's the mop? Where's the light bulbs? Pastor, what can I do? Where can I help? That's the difference between being a fan and being a follower. So the question is today, are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you fully devoted? Are you showing up to the stadium just for the game? We'll leave it there. So why is it important? I'm going to close with this. To be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ because here's the key. Living a fully devoted life is the key to accessing all that God has for you. Living a fully devoted life is the key to accessing all that God has for you. Do you know that God has abundant blessings allocated and prepared for you in 2023? He does. He's a good God. The Bible says if you being evil want to give good things to your children, imagine me being your heavenly good father, right? Imagine all the things that God has. But the thing in the kingdom of God is that it takes keys to unlock and access the blessings and the promises and the miracles that God has for you. And that's why we fast. See, fasting for us is a key. Prayer is a key. Giving is a key. Serving is a key. And here's the thing about keys is that different keys unlock different things in your life. Prayer will unlock some things that fasting won't. But fasting will unlock some things that prayer won't. And serving will unlock some things that fasting won't. And giving will unlock some things that, 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 that fasting won't or that prayer won't or that serving won't. That's why we have to use all of the keys. And let me tell you, one of the most powerful keys that you have as, as a believer, as a citizen of the kingdom of God here on the earth, is living a fully devoted life. Because living a fully devoted life, you have access to all that God has for you. Look at what God tells Joshua in his transitional moment. Joshua's about to take, take charge. Moses has passed away, and he's about to step up into a new leadership role. And he tells God, he, God tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the left or to the right, then you will be successful in everything you do. See, a lot of times we want to be successful, right? Another, another version says, and then you will prosper in everything you do. But here's the key. He says, be careful to obey. Why? Because a fully devoted disciple obeys God's will, he obeys God's word, and he obeys God's ways. 
and that's why I th this is so so pressing on my heart is because I want you to access everything that God has for you I want 2023 to be a year of success I want 2023 to be a year of of blessing of prosperity and I'm giving you the key so that you can access everything that God has for you look at what it says in Deuteronomy 28 13 it says if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and if you carefully obey them then the Lord will make you the head and not the tail you will always be on top and never at the bottom and that's what Jesus was say, essentially saying in Matthew 6.33. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. In other words, I need you to be a fan, not, not a follower, not a fan. I need you to be a fully devoted disciple. I don't want you just to show up on Sundays for the game. I don't want you just to put your jersey on Sunday. I want you to live this thing out every week. If you seek my kingdom first above all else and live righteously, then I will give you everything that you need here's the key to unlocking provision in your life the first key was to unlock the, the prosperity the second key is to unlock vision God has prosperity and provision for you in 2023 and I'm giving you the keys to unlock those things in your life seek God first make God this year purpose in your heart you know what church is not going to be an afterthought serving and giving is not going to be an afterthought this is something that I've got to do as a fully devoted disciple I've got to make God a priority in my life I've got to give him the first and I got to give him the best that's the key to unlocking your prosperity and your provision in 2023. Seek God first. Being devoted, remember, means to put other needs before your needs. And say, God, I'm going to live for you like I've never lived for you in 2023. And watch. I guarantee you, because God's principles work, watch all those things that he begins to unlock in your life. Fully obey. Honor God with the tithe, that 10%. I know 10% is a whole lot. It takes a lot of faith to stand and honor God with 10%. In a few weeks, we're going to be honoring God with our first fruits, giving God a full week salary. Man, I know that takes a lot of faith. And I know some of you aren't there yet, and it's okay. We know that. We know everybody's not on the same journey, but I guarantee you, if you step out in faith and you honor God with your first fruits, God is going to unlock blessings in your life like you've never seen before. Honor God with your time, with your talent, with your serving. Seek God first. Obey all His commands. Live for Him as a fully devoted follower. And you will have access to everything that He has for you. Will you stand? Lord, we just love you today. God, and we thank you for this word. God, I thank you because the first word of the year sets the course for the rest. God, and I believe that you have set the plumb line for us at Access Church. Maybe other churches are going to be different and doing things differently. 
But God, I believe as the pastor, as the lead pastor of this church, this is the plumb line for us this year to truly model your love, to truly model your life, and to model your ministry. To love like you love, to live like you live, and to lead like you live. God, thank you because you're giving us the key to access all that you have for us in this year. And so, God, we just want to thank you, and we just want to honor you today. set the course the plumb line of our life in 2023 to be fully devoted disciples not just to be fans but to be followers to live for you to reflect your love to reflect your life to reflect your life thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.